Hello everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer of Origin Quarter videos, and tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the DM Roundtable for June 2022. This is a chance for patrons and I to get together and discuss topics in tabletop RPGs. By sharing our ideas, thoughts, and experiences, we can all become better DMs or GMs. The DM Roundtable discussions are open to all patrons at every level of patreon.com slash roguewatson. You don't even have to be an active participant. You can jump in here and lurk to your heart's content, and we are glad to have you. This month's topic, as determined by the Patreon poll, is chases. A staple of the action-adventure genre, a chase sequence played around a table can be tricky to run. How do we make chases cinematic, interactive, and memorable? Joining me for this month's DM Roundtable, we have Stan. Greetings. Pegleg Smitty. Hello. And Brandon. Hello. So I don't have a lot of experience with this uh particular topic which i i it's it's weird because i treat a lot of my D games and my gaming philosophy kind of like a pg-13 action adventure movie almost you know like a superhero genre or something like that that's very much my wheelhouse and or or you know i grew up on 90s action movies and there's just always a fucking car at least one car chase somewhere in there and I, so i love chases and yet I find it very uh, complicated to do that in D&D. And I, I suspect uh, one of the reasons is because we primarily play on a virtual tabletop. And uh, by necessity, a chase sequence is not really something you can necessarily transition to from a, a you know, chessboard battle map where you're all you know, taking turns swinging each other. And all of a sudden now you're supposed to create this dynamic um, you know, moving zone of, of, of pieces and parts and complications. How do you do that on the battle map? You kind of have to immediately take it into uh, theater, the mind mode, which is um, not very much my strong suit. So I'm uh, hopefully some of you have some experience with chases or if not, then maybe we can commiserate uh, together. But uh, Stan, I'm going to start with you. Have you uh, run any chases, uh, whether in, 5e or anything else um we've done some um you can get into a chase scene you know once again as always spoilers for various modules <laughs> yeah. but uh i should just have a spoiler of, tag a general spoiler tag at the <laughs> <DM> <laughs> uh lost minds of fandelver when you're going up against the bbeg uh there that can turn into a chase scene um and it kind of did for my players talking about uh, the like the drow that's at the end of that dungeon? yes okay uh black spider yeah. Um, that you you know you're in a cave complex, and all of a sudden he decides to get the heck out of dodge and leave his minions to fry, mm. and you know the party splits, and all of a sudden we've got two characters chasing after him while everybody else is mopping up and trying to run that. Um, and I tend to play most of my games in person. So uh, we had printed out that whole big map, covered my entire dining room table. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're trying to do that. And it became a chase scene when he turned invisible. And, Uh you know, that's when things got complicated and really became um, a chess match. Do you stay stay on the dungeon map or was he like straight up running into the Underdark or to where you had to like pull back and... Um, we kept it on the map. We were for that one. We were able to actually keep it on the map. Um, I just removed his token because he was invisible and, you know, DM had to keep track of where he actually, what square he was actually in as they were hunting him down. 
uh, Drew had turned into a bear to smell him out. Yeah. And so um, that's how they ended up finding him. Is the rest of the party they swarmed that whole cavern and started attacking almost every square until somebody hit something. Do you keep? Did you keep them in initiative? Order? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's. Uh... I was reading the Dungeon Master's Guide, and that's something that um, they mentioned is trying to basically treating it like combat, but where movement is obviously a dynamic part of it. Uh, Pegleg, have you run any chase sequences in 5e or any other editions? Not the way that the chases are written in the DMG. The few chases that I have run have basically been skill challenges Mm. disguised as chases. Um, which I really like because I don't know bringing this stuff from fourth edition skill challenges are great and using the chase complications table I think is great but the chase rules in the DMG leave something to be desired in my opinion. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I think um, so. A skill challenge is like the party uh, has to make a certain amount of successes before they accrue a certain amount of failures. Yep. And then ideally there would be different um end condi- are, are are there different end conditions if they accrue like partial failures? Yeah. Partial- I would either do if they're chasing a group, some of the group gets away or mm. all the group gets away if they're chasing an individual, it's usually all or nothing. Um so the two chases I've done have been in the Curse of Strahd campaign that I was running where one they were chasing after a spy and the spy got away because they kept rolling like sub 5. And mm. then one, they were trying to flee Strahd, and uh, actually two of the players didn't participate in that chase, and they were dealing with combat. So I mm. had them in initiative, and then the other player that was trying to flee, uh, w- every time their initiative, I'd introduce a complication, ask how they react. Actually, it kind of was similar to your uh, Tomb of Annihilation, the dinosaur race. Yeah, the dinosaur race is something I want to come back to because that's probably the closest I can get to um, doing something with uh, round by round complications. And I also want to swing, mm-hmm. uh, go back around. Uh, eventually, um, when we talk about the kind of yeah the reverse chase, which is the players are being the ones being uh, chased by something. For the mm-hmm. skill challenge, um, do you let your for the chase specifically? Do you let your players uh, come up with? different skills they can do because part of the skill challenge thing that i think can be interesting is when players are like okay well can i use this skill because i'm going to do this thing or is I'll it let... good sorry uh i let them decide how they want to approach a situation and then adjust the d the dc um accordingly uh obviously if something really doesn't make sense like oh i try to intimidate the boulder that's chasing me right and i'll <laughs> tell them that but uh yeah i'll let them I'll let them come up with their solution. And if it makes a lot more sense, then I'll make the DC lower. If they're trying to really stretch it to get the things they have expertise in, then I might make it a little more difficult. So in that case, it's not a question of um, having to like dash or keep pace or something. It's just purely the skill challenge. Hey, the success means you're closing in on them. And a yeah. failure means the distance is being increased. Mm-hmm. I, I Yeah, could... I just... Definitely see myself I, doing it that way too. <laughs> I, I don't care for the dashing part. I feel like it's just I don't know why they just didn't keep it as like a skill challenge from fourth edition. One yeah. of the really good things from that edition. So um 
just so folks are aware of this because we're talking about it is that the chase rules are on page 252 of the dungeon master's guide and it mentions that um during the chase you can use the dash action number of times equal to three plus your con modifier um and you have a chance to accrue exhaustion and obviously if it gets too high your speed becomes zero or you can also just use your action to make um you know attacks or cast spells or do something else and the main advantage is to uh having all these chase complication tables which i think you mentioned uh which is on the following page you've got their d20s uh tables but they really have 10 different complications each but they give you a lot of good ideas of like you know just picture any action movie just the fun shit that happens like you know stuff's falling over and you got to get around it or um you know, there's a enemy that suddenly appears on the map or something um, causes you to fall or stumble or whatever else, which is, again, why I was thinking of the um, the dinosaur race in Tomb as uh, being similar to a chase, because essentially that's what a race is. Uh, in this case, it wasn't a question of trying to catch somebody. It was just, hey, you're, you're still trying to succeed at being um, the fastest. And in that case, it wasn't quite a skill challenge it was um everybody just makes i think animal handling checks um but it but it did include different specific complications and i kind of broke it up into stages so it was a very um linear chase because i knew exactly what the racetrack was so i could paint okay here's the part where this happens here's the part where this happens here's the part where this happens um in a chase if the players are chasing an enemy then as the dm you can kind of make the racetrack a little bit because you can choose where the enemy goes it gets a little trickier i would imagine i haven't i haven't pulled this off i don't think um when the players are being chased because suddenly they're actually making active decisions based on like where they want to go and how they want to flee and now all of a sudden i don't know what the racetrack is it's i have to come up with that uh, on the fly so that's unless of course your players start messing if you've got casters who can cast like um, wall of fire or yeah. grease spell or you know a uh, what is it uh, the, the, there's a wall of blades cleric clerics can do you know that can modify your racetrack. Yeah, very true. Yeah, you can literally cr- dynamically create environmental hazards. Uh, in fact, having spellcasters involved in a chase is uh, sounds amazing just because of all those potential uh, hazards being created. Uh, Brandon, have you run any chase sequence in your games or witnessed them? I have not uh, officially. I've done the dinosaur races, uh, used a lot of ideas from the Tomb of Annihilation Companion, and that's uh, that's where I got my idea for the dinosaur race as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember if I had caught your dinosaur race or looked back at it or not. Um, but I, I think it was, you know, a really neat sequence, um, and it was, uh, it went okay. Uh, and it's one of those things where I think it's still difficult to run and make it s- hold your player's attention the whole time. I think it's really easy for anybody who it's not their turn for them to drift off. And a chase sequence, you still want to be dramatic and exciting the whole time. Um, I have been a player in two campaigns that had some chase sequences and they did not follow the DMG rules. Exactly. They handled it more as an ability check situation or um, the group check type thing. Which is what, and, so Peg like basically was talking about that as a skill challenge, essentially. Yeah, and the, that DM came from older game systems. I've only had experience with 5e. So, yeah. you know, I'll be honest, I just expected that's how it was done. 
the complaint about the dashing, I think, is interesting because for me, I love situations where I have to force players to try to roll for exhaustion <laughs> just because I feel like exhaustion comes up so infrequently. Mm -hmm. um, but the consequence then sometimes is that uh, exhaustion can actually be a pretty big negative for a player. Um, anyway, the the dashing rules were kind of new to me. The times that I've been the player and, and done the the chase sequences it's been fun but i i was kind of hoping to get more ideas from you guys yeah i, so I think i'm in the same boat as everybody else <laughs> right yeah speaking speaking of say. dashing though that uh, that is one of those kind of like rules is written especially now with some of the new modifications coming out for what D 5.5 whatever you want to call it <laughs> where they're talking about you know you right now we have gnomes and dwarves that have uh, 25 foot move speeds where everybody else is 30 wood elves are 35 they're talking about bringing everybody everybody starts off at 30 feet well uh, that just made your chances oh, I didn't even, hear that that's one yeah. of the rumors i've heard huh. no um, like gnomes gnomes in the new book have got 30 feet movement really yeah. Kynan's new book yeah yeah yep. so that's some of the stuff it's like they're making everybody equal in that regard, doesn't matter if you have short legs or not. <laughs> and so if you're now all of a sudden, you know, the party, I'm pretty sure I can outrun a, a child. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like it, yeah. <laughs> you I'm have not... experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, those kids are always chasing me. <laughs> um, but you know, if you're, if you get a party of wood elves trying to track down gnomes, they should be able to catch them up in a couple of rounds because speed, but yeah, New new version going forward. Everyone's on the same mm -mm, on the same foot. Um, <laughs> it's never going. They're never going to catch them. Say if you're an open field and there's no hazards. If you do this, I move sixty feet. They move sixty feet. We're right back where we started. Yeah. This is, you're on a treadmill. Nothing ever changes. So With that's where going into more of a narrative theater of the mind, like you started off with that can be helpful mm -hmm. instead of doing something on the board using minis or using rule 20 or fantasy grounds or whatever, what have you going in theater in mind gives you a little bit of license to introduce some of those hazards. Yeah. I would definitely pull it off of the battle map. If there was a, a chase that, I mean, if you weren't planning on a chase and a chase happens and I, I agree, I think trying to break it down into, it kind of depends because you've got like, is this set up like a chase or is this a combat encounter where enemies you've got an enemy has decided to flee and the players are like, you know, because they're crazy about that and just say, Oh hell no, I'm going to chase this one down. Is that technically a chase or is it just, Hey, we're both running dash actions while we're still on the map trying to get away a little bit. I think 9% of the time I'm just going to treat it like, okay, well you can dash after them and, and you can dash. And at some point, like if we're still in like a dungeon or something, then obviously something is going to happen with, the space and the timing. Um, but I can see where maybe if you're just out in a forest or something and enemies decide to flee and um, the player decides, well, I'm going to try to chase them. Then I could say, you know, I, I could look at the speed and say, well, okay, they made it 30 and 60 and you guys made it 60 if you dash. Or I can just say, okay, now we're going into chase mode and all of a sudden it becomes, okay, give me, you know, and kind of start doing it as a skill challenge, I think, which is probably the most intuitive way to think about it is like, all right, well, give me, you know, what check do you want to use to try to hunt them down? Do you want to just use athletics to do a burst of speed? Do you want to do, you know, survival to try to find a more um, easier path, you know, through the brush? 
Uh, do you want to use perception to try to like see where they are so you get um, a good you know angle on it? And that's just basically a skill challenge. You're just rolling whatever skill you want, and then the DM just has to adjudicate a DC, and then uh, that chase happens. And then if it actually takes, I guess, a number of rounds, then you can look at uh, introducing some sort of interesting complications or not, and just have it be like you know two or three rounds of just can you succeed at this very small skill challenge? And when, if you can, then sure, you can catch up to them. And if you can't, then nope, they're gone and we're not going to do this anymore because <laughs> we're bored with it. <laughs> if I can jump in, the, yeah. the experience in the chasing that I had was like touching on every one of the points you guys have made. Uh, we were playing Lost Mines. It was in Cragmore Castle. Um, the One of the bugbears was given away some... MacGuffin thing to someone else. We happened to come into the room because they were obviously standing idle until we walked in. And um, anyway, so we start to like break down the stuff, and we we it turns into a chase scene. And I was a dwarf, and so to watch the quarry slowly get further and further because I'm only being able to get you know oh. the fifty feet or whatever each time was like a really interesting thing. That eventually it just they were able to get away. Um, <sighs> because of that and it just you know he was able to tie it into the story later again and it made it fulfilling altogether but it was a really interesting scenario because it was literally all of that stuff we talked about we were on a battle map then we weren't on the battle map and then it went to theater of the mind um and i still remember that feeling of like knowing that it wasn't going to be worth it but i needed to keep going anyway So, I think he's a dwarf, right? He's a dwarf. He's yeah. A Short wings be darned. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Anyway. The heart's in the right place. Yeah, that's I. You know, I never thought about that. Um, about the speed thing. That's funny. That's like one of the few times it would really, really come into play. Yeah, and uh, that would mean your uh, your monk and your rogue would be really good in chases too. Oh yeah, yeah. Your rogue's the one person, and well, Celeste are like someone with a mobile feed or something like that, they're going to be able to catch up. Somebody rules is written strictly. That's true. And at that point, are you, but, but are you running it as a skill challenge or are you running it just based on like speed and, and dash potential? Because if it's just speed and dash potential, then that player might say like, well, can I just catch up to them? Or if it's a skill <laughs> challenge and do I say like, well, you still have to roll a skill, but then I could give you like advantage because you're just really fucking fast or, that becomes a little trickier. Maybe start them off with like one success. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good solution. Like you're already a lot. You like you've sped ahead of everybody else, but now we got to start making skill checks because even though you're fast, um, are you long distance fast? Like, do you have the endurance to keep up a, a chase? Or you might not be familiar with the terrain, and they are. Yeah, that's true. Um, I wanted to pull out, uh, I remembered a recent chase sequence that I thought was particularly memorable from a product I reviewed. Uh, I think it was earlier this year, uh, called rise of Vecna, which is, uh, I just recently reviewed the gazetteer. That is a, a source book that uses the same, uh, idea, which is this dystopian version of the, uh, sword coast and the forgotten realms where all the main campaigns failed and all the bad guys won. And they're all like carved up the world into their own different um, areas and layers. And it's really interesting. And uh, that's the source book. And then Rise of Vecna is the uh, campaign book, uh, which is pretty good. I, I, a few quibbles with it. But anyway, the, one of the things I really loved about it is it has really great um, like individual fun action sequences that I could really see just being highlights of 
the campaign. And, and one of them is a chase sequence where you, you get inside a, uh, a fort that's being held by bad guys and you rescue a knight. And of course he's just got this badass. uh, what are they called? It's from, um, uh, descent into avernus, the vehicles, the infernal, Infernal War Machines. Yeah, he's got one of those, and that's the escape vehicle. And he's like, and you've got like all the bad guys coming at you. He's like, all right, hop in. And he's got like some soul juice and pumps it in there and then, you know, turns it on. And the way it breaks it down um is through rounds that reminded me of the uh the the dinosaur race, where it's like, hey, here's what like it takes, you know, ba- essentially you're in a vehicle, so you're all in a vehicle together, and uh, it's automatically he's he's basically using his action to do the dash action. So you're already going like 150 feet around or something, and and you've got uh, I don't know hundreds of feet to go. So you yeah, it, it takes six rounds to get to the end. But round one basically you're just everybody's on the thing and you're just trying to prepare for what's going to happen. Round two, um, I'm just going to read the sequence. Two fingers of Vecna, the spy stat block, each mounted atop a scuttling giant severed hand and armed with a shatter skull, see Appendix D, emerge from an abandoned building and chase the Redeemer. And they use the dash action to keep up and they're all shooting their stuff and their hand crossbows at you. And then round three, there's like snipers basically on the rooftops as you're, you know, barreling down uh, this fortress to start shooting at you. And... Uh, round uh, like five, these uh, ghostly whites like come up and start barricading the road. So now you have to like crash through it, but then you have to fi- uh, fight all the whites uh, while they're all over you. And it's just, and the very end of it, when you get to the very um, like end of the gate, this zombie purple worm just comes up and ends up being, it, it fucking sounds like a metal like uh, album or something. And this thing just comes up out of the very end. And you have to fight it as you're just racing down. I just thought, that is the coolest fucking chase I've heard in so long. You can be atop this hell vehicle, sprinting down this bad guy fortress and have all this crazy shit happen. You want to talk about complications? Those are your complications. I thought that's just a really cool example for a fun chase sequence. The zombie purple worm's name is Gigantus, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why that's important, but it just says the creature is Gigantus, the zombie purple worm. That's when you just you you everyone's rolling on the madness table at the end of that. That's just you survive, great. But But at what cost? Yes. But those are the kind of chase sequence that I think. So at at that point, it's not even a skill challenge. Um, you're just running. You you know you know what it is in older video games did this like when you're in an elevator or something like the streets of rage games and you're technically just moving you know together but then enemies are spawning all around you it's just kind of a a, a, a survival it's like a wave thing so at that yeah. point you're not really running a chase you're it's just that your party is in a vehicle that's moving and that allows you to still run chase complications and spawn enemies constantly at the party so that's just a completely different look at how to run a a chase sequence and and you could use that for uh you know you're in a, a ship during a storm uh, in, in a you know bad guy territory or something and so the players and maybe some of the rounds are just pure uh you know environmental hazards happening so it's like hey this round everybody just has to make the save as the ship you know lurches to one side and then you're still um you know fighting these creatures and the chase sequence is just you trying to get away from uh, the storm, in which case it's not so much players, um, you know, having to roll skill checks, but maybe they're doing things to, 
you know, sort of help the boat along, but you, but you know, as a DM, well, it's, you know, this shit's going to take you five rounds, but you know, good job that you, you know, hoisted the sails or whatever. I'm just spitballing here, but I just think those are some different ideas for creating those, uh, memorable, uh, you know, sequences, those action sequences that could be a chase, but don't involve necessarily your players, um, having to just, uh, make those skill checks. Although I do think that can be interesting. And I do want to then transition to what about the players fleeing from something dangerous, which is also a chase sequence. And oh, I would imagine it's even harder to pull off in D&D because not only do you have to deal with all the chase stuff, but how often do players actually run from shit? <laughs> <clears throat> Didn't Dark you guys do it in Chris's campaign? Wasn't there a Tarrasque or something you guys had like been vomited out of? Or am I thinking of a different No, that, that did happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one doesn't forget something like that. Um, well, on Madness Table. Um. <laughs> that's a good, let's see. So I'm trying to, I know the actual um, vomiting out part was not really a chase at that point. Basically, he just had us all last around against it. That's what it was. It was. A, it goes back to what you were talking about, the survival thing. It was a survival it, thing, yeah. Which yeah. Is, I think that is, that is, a, that is a, a chase thing. I don't... I'm trying to remember when we were exiting it, if we were trying to, like, run to the exit. I don't remember if... Um, I think it actually was where we were, like, in combat and we were trying to run to the north uh, out of the mouth... <laughs> He was spawning enemies or something. He did um, a good job there. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. That was a really fun map too. That was crazy going inside a giant creature. Uh, War for the Lost Plane, Chris's campaign, the, the high level campaign. You got to be like tier four to be inside of a Tarask and survive. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one definitely felt like a uh, a survival chase sequence. And you're right. That was the players fleeing. I think we were fleeing the dungeon. It was a classic like. Um, you know, we, whatever thing we did was a load bearing thing. And so we had to get out of the dungeon before it collapsed. <laughs> Laughing around you. Yeah. 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 Um, in this case, just vomiting us out. But then afterwards it wasn't even, there wasn't a, I don't think there was a sequence of us actually running from the thing. It was just, Chris is like, Hey, you've got somebody here who's going to teleport you out, but it's going to take a round. And he just wanted to have fun with us for a round of unleashing this gigantic yeah. creature on us. But yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the closest we've come. Um, and that was a scripted, well, and the other one, uh, which Chris also did, uh, in Storm Kings when, uh, spoilers, obviously when, um, Iamrith attacks Zephyros and we just have to leave it. That was a pure like story cinematic, really. That was, there was no, um, checks there or anything of that nature. So what we haven't really seen is the players in my campaigns, at least I don't think where the players decide to, to run and then we enter a chase sequence, and it was not previously scripted. It was like, well, this fight has just gone I, really bad, and the players have to run, and now I, as the DM, have to decide, oh, are we running a chase sequence now? I would bring up, once again, Storm King's uh, the Kraken getting off the ship. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, then that, it was also Dark planned. Duchess. I, and Dark Duchess. Dark Duchess. <laughs> uh, just recently, yeah, in our rhyme campaign... That might come close. That one felt like just a plan. That yeah, that 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 might have been close. They weren't really running from the dragon at any point. 
Well, some of them were, and then they turned around and came back. That's true. Some of them were. <laughs> <laughs> they were more of distracting the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, had I had, it'd be, it would have been interesting. Um, I, I didn't have real plans for that. You know, when, when the players, I expected them to just escape from the Dark Duchess, and then I was not planning on running a chase sequence uh, because I can't have them fail that chase sequence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're going to run something, you got to have a. You always have to be prepared to have a success or a failure. And in that case, it needed to be basically a a, a cinematic ending of the dragon encounter. Um, maybe you could have had fun with it and say, well, if you. Uh, you know, maybe you can run a round or two and just have the dragon be attacking them for like fail, you know, failures result in people being attacked or something. And then once they, but, but then again, they have to roll enough successes though. I just get killed. So <laughs> I didn't really have yeah. a good way of, so it's a tricky situation. And I, I think, I don't know when it would come up and uh peg leg, I think you talked about how um, a player was running from Strahd. So I'd love to hear how that went. Cause I don't have a good, example of especially one that wasn't previously scripted or planned all of a sudden you know a player decides to or players decide to flee and now you as the dm have to decide oh shit are we straight up running like a chase sequence for some or all of the party yeah um this was for uh the curse strad campaign um i tweaked uh there's a quest where the players have to recover the bones of this of saint andrel and uh, when they got them, Strahd knew about it, and he started coming to the town they were in. And so it was trying to get to that church to reconsecrate the area before he got there. And they ended up failing, and therefore Strahd killed a bunch of people, um, including some of the party decided to try and stop them. And then he just dropped a fifth-level fireball on them and knocked one of them unconscious and left one of them at, like, 3 HP. So the chase sequence was, um, uh, I had, uh, I would have to dig it up. I had a complication table, and as the character that had taken the bones was advancing, I just moved them along. It was mostly theater of the mind, but we also had the town map. And if you got a certain number of successes before a certain number of failures, you'd get to the church before Straw did, and uh, she did not. <laughs> So Strahd got there first, and it was so it was a bad time. I was gonna say what um, I have so many questions, but um, when when they fail, does that mean you re-enter combat, or do you just cinematically say like Strahd comes down and fucks you up? Strahd came down, and they very quickly uh, got on their knees and started kissing his boots. Basically, oh wow! They, it was one of the rare instances where my players were recognized in advance that they were way out of their depth. I want to say they were like level six. Maybe it was only level five. So yeah, they, they knew, well, the, the, he, uh, the art for Strahd's so good. So he's driving or riding across on, uh, I think it's Bucephalus. He rides a, a mm, nightmare. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what they saw light coming and they thought they were in deep shit. And then they saw it was Strahd riding, basically a flaming unicorn of darkness and they realized they were in very deep shit and uh yeah they they started running and they did not make it to uh i don't remember what it was that did them in but they uh they 
accrued more failures than successes, and so Strahd beat them to the church. So when when you planned this, uh, what what was the plan for? Like, was he always meant to ambush the players, or did they just fuck up enough that they drew his attention? Oh, so plan is a very generous word <laughs> because my players immediately started jumping out of three story windows. Oh. And, That's only 3D. Uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay. So my plan initially was to have the chase go in the other direction where they were chasing to try and get the bones because one of the vampires was just going to jump out the window because whatever, they regenerate HP at the start of their turn. They immediately jumped down, and uh, I don't remember which spell they used. It wasn't hold person, because that wouldn't have worked. It might have been hypnotic pattern. Immediately paralyzed them, took the bones, and at this point, Strahd is scrying on the area and realizes that, well, all of his plans have gone awry. So yeah, plan is plan is a very generous word. A lot of this was trying to come up with on the fly because well now the chase is going in the other direction mm. so maybe the, the players had uh interrupted your plans and you decided to fight back <laughs> pretty yeah hard. pretty much all right i all feel right. like the players interrupted your plans is like I mean, that that the is standard. the game right that's yeah. pretty much the definition of the game yeah it, it would be going off flawlessly if not for these pesky players yeah those uh, are the two tenets of D&D, is you roll <laughs> dice and the players fuck up your plans. <laughs> I do have a question. Do you guys have experience with, like, other RPGs that do, like, sequence rules? Or are, are there other rule sets from D&D um, that have chase rules outside of the ability checks or group checks or whatever? Sounds like not. Yeah, Stan, would you know um, any of that? Um, editions. Early editions, we didn't have much chase things. It was like, you know, stand and deliver. That was right. running. No, we're not running. <laughs> well, I find it interesting because the rules in the DMG seem like it's like kind of forced into it. Um, like the dashing rules that you guys were talking about where you had it's three plus the constitution modifier. There's no mm-hmm. talk about proficiency bonuses. Um, right. So it's not something that forced. scales. Right, it's not something that scales. Unlike jumping out a three-story building, where you can suck up forty-five feet of falling like it's nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's an interesting thing where it's just like, eh, this is how you can handle chases if it comes up. Yeah, that's yeah, a good really good like, question. You, I wish I had thought of the the only other system that I have a lot of experience with is um, I played Robotech Rifts, the Rift system from Palladium Books. Uh, back in the day, and we were using missiles. Some of missiles had 1,200 mile ranges. There was no chase scenes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're flying a mech and you can shoot for 60 to you know 1,200 miles, you're not running. Um, I'm real limited, and you know, the only thing that I can think of, I've run Dread before, which is, um, you know, you use a Jenga tower basically to simulate mm-hmm. the player's life. That's a lot of fun. And a chase sequence and something like that, like it, it would be stressful still, but you can't relate that. And especially in like a virtual tabletop scenario, it's practically impossible. 
but that's an interesting idea of using one for a chase scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roll for initiative. Okay, you get to pull, yeah, pull the from the tower. Yeah, <laughs> pull from the tower. <laughs> hey, it didn't fall. You get to move forward thirty feet. Congratulations. Yeah. Next. When we were doing uh, Shadowrun forever ago, which was the system I first started uh, when we did the YouTube channel, um, one of the things that I had designed was a chase sequence. It was like a highway, like the players had, I don't know, motorcycles or something, and the enemies had, and I actually had a, a Roll20 map that was like a street with like cars on there, but... I can't for the life of me remember what the hell it, what the rules were. Um, I mean, it, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was, you know, we all rolled initiative and we were just kind of... The weird thing is it was almost... I almost picture us just running it like combat, but just everybody moving. Um, so it almost didn't seem like it changed that much versus like, you know, we're I'm going to go this way and hit this guy and hit this... Because, you know, everybody's got guns and shit. Um, but, yeah, I, I honestly... I'd have to go back and watch... I'm sure the horrendous quality of some of those videos, but there was, it was one of the early ones that had a, a chase sequence in it. <laughs> but it uh, like one one of the things that comes to mind is, you know, kind of going back to different monsters or different characters have different speeds. Um, I was watching, um, kind of doing some homework for my uh, tyranny of dragon stuff that I was doing and watch this DM that had, um, the party got really, really good at killing um, adult dragons. They were very high level. Um, and this blue dragon came in and basically assassinated one of the NPCs that they were talking to. Like, you know, they're getting the download of intel that they need to attack the cult of the dragon. This blue dragon comes in and just nukes this person. Hacks the party off and the party starts trying to chase this thing down. <laughs> blue dra- the blue dragon just takes, takes flight and goes, I'm out. Yeah you can't the party could fly but their fly speed you know even dashing right. 60 feet yeah he goes see ya kind of like, the like a ba- base dragon. of 80 feet or something without even dashing yeah it's it's at least 80 feet because it was an, an adult blue and it's like it's in the next zip code guys what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> and kind of like the you know the chardolin dragon going through for rhyme yeah that you're going to chase it to the next town? No, he's done by the time you get there. Yeah. So, you know, that speed thing kind of, kind of matters. Um, if you're going to try to do anything resembling a chase, dude, a friggin' aerial chase though. If you can get your players in a vehicle with all the different aerial monsters you have involved, that could be pretty dang cool. Um, or Griffins and hippogriffs. Yeah. Yeah. That could, I mean, talk about, some serious complications that could happen there. Like somebody gets knocked oh. off and falls a hundred feet. Princes. You did that with the Griffin and the Manicore. Um, yeah. Princes. Was that a full chase? Or was that just like, people was a, dashing? It, was a, it was a hunt. Yeah. They were chasing down the Manticore and uh, they were shooting at it and it was shooting back. And I think they, somebody cast like hypnotic pattern or something, just like knocked it out of the sky from what I remember. Yes. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Short, sh- shortened that one pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, a, our... that was a split party situation. I think only some of them went to go hunt. And then I think it was uh Raymond's character stayed behind and like looted the place that they were <laughs> working out. <of. laughs> but yeah, that's, um, that's kind of uh, once again, spellcasters can, influence the field 
Yeah, and and that should be encouraged, I think, for sure. Like, it, it shouldn't just be like, okay, what's you know, what if you if you want to run as a, a skill challenge or something? Hey, what check do you want to make? Like, I would absolutely encourage people to use those spells because there's so many spells that have you know little to no use in combat, but all of a sudden you get into these situations, or maybe they do like a wall of fire or something, and you're just like, hey, what about using a wall of fire in this chase sequence? That could be pretty good. And a I lot of to these make a fireball check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And a lot of spells have pretty damn good range, you know, to where you could, you know, summon a wall of fire like pretty far in front of you, uh, carefully gaze the distance, gauge the distance, and summon that in front of somebody. And all of a sudden, hey, you've you've solved the chase sequence. Your player still had to use a spell slot to do it, so I would be okay with that. And I think that'd be a pretty fun moment. Yeah, but some yeah, of your cantrips will reach out to 120 feet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. You could just be shooting at somebody. I wonder, what do you think that would do to, like, AC and attack rolls and stuff if you're chasing somebody? I, I feel like I would at least have disadvantage or something, like, if you're really, well, like, literally you chasing. Can, you can use cover rolls, negative, uh, add two or add four to AC. Yeah, you could. Bobby does a good job of not doing a whole lot of those little modifiers, but cover is one of the few ones that do. <laughs> Makes me have to look it up every time. If you I don't think that's want to probably one of the disadvantage, you can do the cover. Yeah. It's probably one of the reasons that they talk about the dashing in the rules, though, because you get kind of limited on what you can do. Um, it says that, what is it? Um, participants in the chase are strongly motivated to use the dash, act- dash action every round. Pursuers mm. who stop to cast spells and make attacks risk losing their quarry, and a quarry that does so is likely to be caught. So. Like if they're running away from you and you stop to oh, try to so cast wall stopping. of fire, yeah, yeah, you're having a higher chance to um, instead of because it's a, what they're saying, I guess, is that they're assuming generally that you're just dashing the whole time as your action. But people still, you can still, yeah, that's true, because you still move as part of your movement. Like if you're just taking a normal turn in combat, you can still move up to your speed and then attack. So I guess the question is, you're always moving and attacking, or moving and then attacking. You're never literally doing both at the same time. You if you're to... running away from player handbook dwarves, you're safe. You can stop. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep running. Short legs, short legs. Yeah, that's that's funny. Flattening of the speed. Um, I guess we can go over our final thoughts for uh, chase sequences. Let's start with Brandon in the reverse order. I don't know if I have too much more to add. Um, I think trying to use the rules and uh, amend them or augment them would probably be a better way to handle it than just the rules as written. Agree. Uh, Pegleg, closing thoughts on chases. Yeah, I agree. I feel like the rules as written have... They're just they're a little lacking. So having some homebrew, having some extra things for your players to engage with is just a lot more interesting than what's in the DMG. Stan, bring us home with the closing thoughts. Uh, sometimes going old school theater of the mind can be a lot easier, a lot more fun uh, for the players uh, and leaving some of the rules of written behind and uh, kind of going more of a cinematic than... Uh, breaking those minis out i i agree 100 percent with all of this i i think um there's almost a tendency for dms and, and i do this all the time which is to over um complicate the rules and really get down to the nitty-gritty and be like okay this is this and this role mean this and, and often when i'm running the game 
um, I need less of that. And I think it's chase sequence for sure. And that's a lot of times, you know, hopefully your players are engaged in that and then they can just come up with things versus necessarily having to structure it. Uh, you know, a, a skill challenge can definitely work if you've set it up ahead of time, but even then you could just set up, hey, you know, here's the situation. This quarry is escaping or maybe you, the players, um, you know, you've got a, a boulder running down towards you or something to where it's not a question of we want to stay and fight. <laughs> you know, we, we need to run. Um, and then you just kind of let it give it to them and say, like, what do you do? You know, and maybe they just decide, well, we'll dash or, or they can cast a spells or do whatever else. But you've just turned it into just kind of the, you know, a, a scenario. But hopefully keep that tension. Um, putting him everybody into initiative order if they're not already could maybe help with that or maybe it couldn't help with that maybe it slows things down because everybody's like okay what do i do here let me look at my character sheet versus you just want to go hey you know you guys need to decide right now because this boulder's coming at you or this person's um fleeing i will say the key to a chase uh or any of these things is going to be your complications if you want to break it down round by round and have you know enemies spawn or the bridge you know collapses or whatever else just insert those complications and that's the stuff that's going to be really memorable and allow you to actually run a chase sequence um that's longer than you know two rounds or something all right i believe that will do it for this month's dm roundtable thank you so much to stan pegleg smitty and brandon for joining me and thank you to all the patrons shout out to platinum patrons joe will tiny uh Joe, Will, Thomas, Adam, Stan, William, I'm Loud, Kyle, Brandon, Genocider, David, Eclectic, Role, Player, Role, and Lindsay, and Gold Patrons, RPG, Papercrafts, Pretty Boy, and Yuma, Marcus, Dead Lizard, Lounge, Sam, Lumpy Spuds, Jerome, Nathan, Fast Like a Tortoise, and Scott. Thank you all very much for your support, and hope to see you all again for next month's DM Roundtable discussion.